Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's May. Can you believe it? It's May. Anyway, I hope that your spring is going well so far and that your allergies aren't getting too crazy for those out there where things are blooming. And I'm very excited that you all tuned in today because we have USA Today bestseller Kara Ruda on. And I hope I'm saying her name right. Kara, are you there? Am I saying your name right? Yes, you are. You got it perfectly great. It's really hard because it's so Yay. many vowels. <laughs> I, I right, right. But it is Kara Ruda. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure before I read your whole bio and, and just butchered it. So I'm glad that's okay. <laughs> Oh, good. So for everyone listening, if you haven't read Kara yet, you are in for a huge treat. She writes, twisty, turny, um, they're calling them domestic suspense, I'm guessing, because it deals with marriages and things. I'll let her tell you about that later. And also some dynamite women's fiction. So be sure you go check her out. And if you haven't read her before, I will go ahead and read her bio so you can get to know her. And then we're going to chat. I can't wait. So Kara Ruda is a USA Today and international best-selling, multi-award-winning author of contemporary fiction that explores what goes on beneath the surface of seemingly perfect lives. Her domestic suspense novels include Best Day Ever and The Favorite Daughter and the one we're going to be talking about today, The Next Wife, that just came out. Uh, to date, her novels have been translated into more than 10 languages. She lives in Southern California with her family and is busy at work on her next novel. You can connect with her on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And I did also put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site if you're watching live, I mean listening live. And if you're listening later, you still can click on that and go take a look at her website. She has so much great content up there, and also if you are listening and you're thinking about writing or you are a writer and you're still going through the trenches, she has some great information up there, too, for writers. So go check out her website. The link is right there. And I don't want to delay any longer. Kara, I know you're already there. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, and it's so funny. It's May already. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How did that it's happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been it's been fun so far because my book came out officially on Saturday. So it was a May first launch, which was unusual for me. I've never had a book come out on a Saturday. So it was really fun. Yeah, that is exciting. And it's been so weird with the pandemic. It's like time no longer has any meaning. It's like the longest month and the shortest month. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> You're right. It does all kind of blend together somehow. But yes, but it is nice to have a book out. I, have, I didn't have one. Uh, the paperback of The Favorite Daughter was held off until this year as well, just due to the pandemic. So it's been fun to be back talking about books again. Yeah, and the pandemic has really changed how we all promote our books when they come out. I, I I have a book event coming up the end of August for the first time in like two years. I'm going, wow, I don't know if I remember how to do this in-person thing, but have you been doing a lot of online Zoom? You know, how's your book promotion going during this time? Yeah, yeah. Everything's virtual, uh, to your point. So my um, my bookstore here, the indie that I love, is Laguna Beach Books, and they 
I've always done all my book launches, and now this year it's virtual. <laughs> so it's right. May 7th, but it's on, on Zoom. So I know, and I'm, I do, I miss going to the bookstore and, and interacting with readers individually. But, you know, it, this is the next best thing, so I'm happy to be doing it one way or another. Well, and the the bright side is people who don't live in California who couldn't get to that bookstore, can they go to the Zoom and see you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's actually on the Laguna Beach Books website, and anybody can tune in. And that is the beauty of um, the Zoom events, because you don't have to be, you don't have to be able to drive to the bookstore to get there. So yeah, I'd love to have the more the merrier. So it's my launch. Yeah. So it's May 7th, which is Friday. And all the information is on my website as well as on Laguna Beach Books website. Oh, great. Yeah, for me, that's been the best part is a bunch of my readers who maybe couldn't go to a book conference or something like that, they can participate now. Mm-hmm. And we've all learned how to use Zoom. So <laughs> if there's a bright yes, side of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have new connected. tricks for us. <laughs> yes, we do. So for the people who are listening, do you want to tell them about The Next Wife, why they should run out and grab it right now? I know. It's so hard. It's funny with domestic suspense, what I write, uh, you can't say very much without giving the plot away. (laughs) Right, right. No spoilers. Yeah. So it's like you have to say a little bit, but not too much. But this story, uh, The Next Wife, is about... John and Kate Nelson, they started a business together, um, a very successful business, raised their daughter, Ashlyn, who's like 20 now when the story opens. But all of a sudden, John fell in love with his executive assistant, Tish, and they got married. So when the story opens, they're all celebrating the um, going public for the company event co, and they're all still working in the business together. Ashlyn is an intern. Kate's still running the business with John, and Tish is still involved in the business too. So there's a little bit of, what would you say, power struggle going on as well as – What? What? I'm shocked. tension. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the first wife, the second wife, the daughter, and the husband, and that's kind of their story. Very exciting. So – they always tell you to to write what you know, and I know from your bio and your website, you used to own your own business. How, how much of you goes into these books? Yeah, as you know, being an author, that you do use parts of your past or your experiences go into right. all of your stories. So. My husband and I did run a business together for 10 years, and the intensity of that and kind of the ups and downs and all of that stuff is very much a part of kind of the emotions of it are very much a part of Kate's experience in the book, I would say. So, yeah, so there's there's some truth about that in there. Right. So much like we fortunately didn't get a divorce, so, yeah, that part's not Yay, not you had a happier ending. <laughs> yes, we did have enough fun. Yeah, once you read the book, you will not want this ending in your life. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So was your family surprised? I mean, you were a business owner and an entrepreneur. Was your family surprised when you said, hey, I think I'm going to be a fiction author? How'd that go over? Yeah, you know, it was, it was an interesting transition. I knew I wanted to be a, a, an author since I was in third grade. I mean, I have a very clear memory of I read Make Way for Ducklings, and I wanted to be just like Robert McCloskey. And so, I mean, I, I, I can picture the moment. 
but it took me a long time to get there. So, you know, my first book was a nonfiction book for women entrepreneurs based on my experience running our business together. So that kind of led me to the speaking career. And I would speak to women across the country about putting your dreams into action and living the life of your dreams and, you know, building your own brand. And then I, I, we sold our company and I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and said, you know, you need to take your own advice. You've always wanted to write a novel and this is the time. So, yeah, so I just sat down and, you know, when you're reaching for your dreams and going for it, it's, you, you have a lot of doubt sometimes, but if you keep reminding yourself that that's what you've always dreamed of doing and that's, that kind of keeps you going. So, I'm so excited to be doing it. And I I don't know that my family's surprised more than like, where to go, mom? (laughs) You know, okay, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, because we have four kids and they're all very entrepreneurial. And um, hopefully they get inspired by the fact that their parents are too. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And you really were, um, when you started writing, finally, you know, writing that book, how different was reality from the dream? Yeah, you know, I, it's. I guess it's kind of the pub, part of the publishing process is the reality part that's the toughest. I think the timeline right. of publishing, the um, you know, finding an agent, finding the publisher, all of that, those process parts of it not so much part of the dream. (laughs) Right, right. Realize that after, you know, (laughs) after you're doing just the pure, right. If you focus on like the writer's conferences and the process of writing and all the things you learn along the way, that's, that's where the dream is. So you got to keep focused on that. And I guess too, when I started my, my first agent, she said, since I had written a book for women entrepreneurs, I needed to stick kind of in that theme area. So my first book, Here Home Hope was very much, like inspirational and a woman having a midlife crisis and she works through a thing to change list to turn her life around. And it was really pretty much a fictionalized version of real you incorporated my nonfiction book. But from there, mm-hmm. I kind of let my imagination go freer, which, which has led me to darker and darker and darker novels. And I don't know what that says about me, but it is. It's just has. <laughs> Well, before I, I, I write uh, paranormal romances, which tend to be on the darker side, and I got my start uh-huh. getting published with horror short stories, and my mom used to read my stories and go, this came out of you? What? So I can imagine I know. I don't your family looking at all that yeah. murdery. <laughs> You know, I think my mom doesn't read my books now. So I think she might have read the women's fiction and she might have dabbled in the romance when I wrote romance, but I'm pretty certain. Right. I'm like, have you gotten the next wife yet, mom? And she's like, no, sorry. I'm like, oh, for having <laughs> Yeah, I think I might scare her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right? She's looking oh, at no. you going, who, who are you? <laughs> I know. And I haven't seen her in a year and a half, so she's probably wondering, like, what my little mind has come up with. So I can't, I'm right. finally going to go see her. She lives across the country. I will be bringing her a book, <laughs> trying to make oh, her read nice. it. Oh, <laughs> nice! Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So the speaking of the no traveling and the pandemic and all that, we we got vaccinated, so I'm very excited and looking forward to a trip back to see my daughter. But 
Um, how did that affect your writing? I've been asking everybody who comes on because some authors, you know, depended on going out to people watch at a coffee shop to write or some people, you know, mm -hmm. wrote in groups with their friends. Did it, did it affect you when all of this happened? How did you stay creative, you know, when the world's on fire? Yeah, it was such a weird time, huh? Um, especially yes. at the beginning. It was just so jarring. Yes. I, uh, all four of my kids moved home. They're all in their 20s, and all of a sudden we were reconstituted as a family, which was kind of a special time now looking back because I don't think we'll ever have that time again, despite the fact, you know, right. we were washing our groceries and doing all that crazy stuff that we had to do back right. then. And um, I found myself gardening. I, I just wanted to garden. Like, what if the grocery stores disappeared? I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> I just started gardening. Right, right. Our whole courtyard area was like these raised garden beds. And Anyway, so I did that. But then, really, I, I write at home, and I've always written at home, and I've, I've never been like a coffee shop sitter. My daughter's a screenwriter, and she has to go to coffee shops. So that's where she gets her creativity. But I, I if I go someplace, I'll overhear conversations and they'll go straight into my <laughs> straight into my story. Right. So I, I pretty much have to write quietly at home by myself. So in in that sense the pandemic wasn't really a, a change for me as far as process or anything. And in fact I wrote like three manuscripts. <laughs> it was crazy. Nice, nice. High production. Yeah. I couldn't read though. I couldn't sit down. I always read it right. before bed and I could hard. not get my yeah, I could not get my focus back on that part. It was so strange. But how about you? Did you find yourself creative? Yeah. Well, not at first. At first, it was just everything was on fire, and I couldn't focus for more than five minutes, so writing really took a hit. But but my friends and I learned how to use Zoom, and we started writing together on Zoom, so it's just like going as you're writing, so you yeah. could see everyone else was writing, and that really helped, and I found my groove again, and then like you, I, I wrote, uh, I had huge output um, once we yeah. figured out, you know, how to how to maneuver around there. But just having that, not really peer pressure, but, but knowing you're not the only one sitting there trying to write. And then we would share our word counts. So, you know, it kept you from getting on Twitter or <laughs> doom scrolling around the Internet. Right. So that really, that really did help because, yeah, it was shockingly hard to write there at the beginning. Yeah, it was just it's such a jar to everybody's consciousness and, um, you know, the world changed overnight. Yeah. And it won't be the same again. Yeah. So, right. But here yeah. we are. We're still writing. Yeah. We <laughs> plowed through. Which is key. <laughs> we did. Yes. Yeah. Our survived. Thank goodness. Yes. Battered, but still standing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I got to give credit to readers on social media. I don't know if you experienced this as well, but when the pandemic really got kicking, because in the beginning, I mean, I obviously didn't understand how big it was, but I thought, okay, well, we'll be locked down for a month and then everything will be fine. <laughs> and then it was not that way. Yeah. And readers mm -hmm. really came out, you know, I got messages and emails about, please, you know, know that we're waiting for this next book. We need them more now than ever. And that really changed my thinking, uh -huh. you know, because for a while when everything's on fire, I'm thinking, God, why does, what am I doing about it? I'm writing fiction. What good is that going to do? Right. But the reality is that people need that escape now more than ever. So did you experience, did you start feeling stuff like that, that you, did that help getting those three books out? 
Yeah, I, I think it did. And to your point, you do feel like, I mean, the pandemic didn't enter any of my stories directly, but that kind of that foreboding in the sense that kind of the murkiness of everything right. added to the tone of what I wrote, I think. And yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, when we're writing fiction, I mean, it might be little kernels of hope in domestic suspense. Hopefully we right. see some um, <laughs> enlightenment every once in a while or some dark humor that makes your you smile, but yes, like you and I aren't writing things that are going to help people tangibly over the pandemic, but mm-hmm. hopefully right. with entertainment and distraction and we're just a little bit of a, a break is, is what I hope my books can be for somebody. Yes. And what's next for you? Is the next wife a series or is it a standalone? It's a standalone and um, all of mine have been standalone, except I did the romance for two years, which was really fun. And I uh, did two romance series, but otherwise everything I've written has been standalone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the next one is called Somebody's Home and it's another domestic suspense, which I haven't even gotten used to talking about yet. So I can't really tell you that much about it except for it's scary. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I wrote it during the <laughs> pandemic and um, it doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic, but I just, you know, just that kind of aura in the air um, is in mm-hmm. there and uh, it comes out in January of 2022. Oh my gosh. Exciting. Exciting. Yeah. And I know. Is, is that one, um, I think this one was Thomas and Mercer, right? So it's like Amazon's Correct. publishing arm is the next one with them also. Yes. Congratulations. It is. It Very is. cool. Thank you. And yeah, it's been really a great experience. Oh, good. And you're kind of a hybrid author, right? Do, haven't you done some yourself and some <laughs> with I've the publisher? A, yeah, I've been a little bit of everything. Yeah, and, and that <laughs> is what is great about publishing these days. I mean, back when I started 12 years ago, I didn't feel like there were that many choices. I so I, I, right. I published hybrid. I've self-published. I've been with the traditional, and now I'm with Amazon's publishing um, imprint. And I mean, there's benefits to every different version of it. And I think hopefully we're getting to a place where we're all more welcoming of people's publishing choices. <laughs> and right. uh, not you know the the whole. Uh, snootiness needs to not be there yes. and we're all welcoming <laughs> this is what right. I like to tell people but you know you just never know when you're going to change publishers or when you know just things change in this industry so it's great to have options right. for authors the more the better and anyway that's my that's my thought on all yeah. of that so yeah so however you're published it should be celebrated and as long as you're happy yeah, for sure. And as a, a writer, for anyone who's thinking about becoming a writer or is working on their first book or whatever, the long term is always best to have your finger in many pies, to have many income streams, just because you never know. And if something happens to one, you want to know you have, you know, other things. So I think hybrid really is kind of the future. You should have, you know, a little bit in every pot just in case, right? I agree. And it's the the key to it. And it's kind of ironic. It goes back to the book that I wrote all those years ago for women entrepreneurs. It's about keeping your personal brand. So no matter what publisher you're with or how you choose to publish, the key is to, to make your brand and your, and your books, you know, cohesive enough, even if you're going cross genre, which I've done too, but that, that's, keep your name, you know, keep your, keep your right. foot out there as a brand. Cause that's what right. you're building. Yeah. Very cool. So 
when you were um, in, I, when I was poking around your website, um, it mentioned that you were like a magazine editor or something, right? Was it hard for you to transition yeah. from editing to being a writer? Well, and I, you know, I've always been on the writing side of the world, so they called you an editor, but you were, I was actually one of the freelance writers, so it was like oh, okay. the title they gave you. But anyway, the, um, but yeah, I've always done freelance either, well, my first jobs were all reporters, so I, which is a great training, I think, for um, ending up writing the novels. But I also wrote television spots and radio spots. I think I've written like um, manuals for technology. So if there's a thing that needs to be written, I think I've written it along, along my <laughs> career path. So I think any writing goes, you know, it kind of keeps that muscle in tune, if that makes sense. So I I look at my career, which is mostly before this, all in the marketing side of the world and also with magazines and newspapers. And even though some of it doesn't seem like it would go together, it kind of all does. And it all kind of comes back out in your story. Right. And what's your favorite part of writing suspense? You know, when you get excited about a new book idea, what, what's your favorite part? Is it the whodunit? Is it how they're going to do it? Is it, what, What's your favorite part? It's, it's, it's the character. It's the first character that pops into my head. And that character, whoever he or she is, is the one that's like, hey, I have an idea for you. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. My husband's like, oh, no, you have that look. <laughs> like, I know, I just got a character. And then that... <laughs> And that to me is the most fun. I mean, I'm grinning right now because I just, I just love it when they appear and then the story starts to kind of bubble around in your subconscious and yeah. And then you sit down and it's, a, I don't, I don't um, outline or at least I haven't traditionally outlined my agents are trying to teach me how to outline, <laughs> but right. um, I love it when there's like a blank page and a character. Well. <laughs> Do you? I know. And I realize it makes things a lot easier for them and ultimately me if they know where I'm going. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Spoil the surprise. Yeah. Right. For me, the whole thing that gets me back to the keyboard is I want to know what's going to happen next. And if it's already written out, it turns into a term paper. (laughs) Exactly. My feelings. That's why we're called pantsers. By the mm-hmm. seat of our pants, and we like it that way. But well, right? But yeah, I'm it's trying the to thrill. Be outlined. Yes. <laughs> right. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, they're always. Yeah, you got to keep your agents happy. So that is important. Yes, that's that's true. So since since you're a pantser, I always look for what was the best surprise in a book when you're writing The Next Life. Can you tell us without a spoiler what your favorite surprise was where you went, uh-oh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, um, gosh, it's hard without a spoiler, isn't it? Um, right. Well, I will say a really fun um, part of the story was when all of a sudden uh, – John, the husband, and his second wife, which is Tish, they're in Telluride, Colorado. She's whisked him away for the weekend to get him away from the business and his last wife. <laughs> so they're in the mountains and they're going hiking. And not, this surprised me, too. All of a sudden, this rattlesnake zipped across the path that they were hiking on. I'm like, oh, geez. And that, I didn't know that was going to happen. And it just happened. And right. John, you know, jumps up and saves Tish from, you know, getting close to the snake. And yeah, so that was, that was kind of fun. And then Tish, it was her 
point of view. So she says to the reader, like, you know, that was nice of him to save me, but probably not smart, but nice. <laughs> I love that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, those I kind of moments like are so happen. fun. Right? They are. Really <laughs> yeah. I know. And then people listen to us and go, okay, what is wrong with these women? <laughs> right. I know. Is. We love this. Yeah. Yeah, we can't help it. That's just how we're wired. <laughs> so, yeah. so I wanted to ask you, um, who inspires you? Like, wh- what do you like to read that fires you up to go? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back to the keyboard. Yeah, I loved. Like I've said, I, I had problems during the pandemic reading, but I'm finally, finally, finally getting back to reading again, which has been awesome. Um, so I, you know, I read heavily in the area that I'm writing in, which is because I've always liked these types of books. So I don't know if you call it psychological thrillers or domestic suspense. It all kind of, I guess, became popular with Gone Girl. But there's so many different interpretations and styles of it now that it, it's it's really a fun area to be in. I didn't even know this was what it was called when I wrote Best Day Ever. I just wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, so I love, um, you know, the usuals like Sally Hepworth. I just read her latest and Mary Kubrick is about to come out. And I keep hearing a lot of great things about the hunting lives. I don't know if you've heard about that one and that's coming out oh. soon. And what else is next to my bed to start is, who is Maude Dixon? I haven't read that yet. And oh yeah, and there's new DJ Palmer. And you know, there's just there's so many books. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yes. Do you listen to audiobooks too? You know, I I don't really I did when I was driving more and I mean, right. like for the last year and a half I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I haven't really needed to, to have any audiobooks with me. But I, I will say I listened to the the start of The Next Wife on Audible because it was just so fun to listen. To. They sent me the kind of the auditions or whatever, the samples of the different, they have four different narrators for the audiobook. Right. And I love their voices. So it was really fun to listen to it and hear it come to life as, you know, as yes. in, in these actors' voices. So that was really fun. So I listened to yeah, an audiobook lately. <laughs> well, and and I think that it's really cool because I was never into audiobooks until my first series came out in audio and I thought, well, I guess I should listen to it and they Audible had bought the series after they all came out. So it had been years since I had been in these books and I listened yeah. and I was like, wow. I mean, the narrators just they're they're not reading you a book. They are like acting it and bringing it they're to acting. life. It was yeah, it was fantastic. So if you, if you're listening and so you good. haven't tried an audio book yet, definitely go grab the next wife and listen because wow, it it really does bring the book to a whole different level. It it was really fantastic. So if you get the yeah, chance, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And when you hear your book in audio, does it make you? Um, I noticed that when I was listening, it it definitely has made me write like beginnings of chapters. I'm, I'm more conscious about, you know, grounding you where you are and everything because I realized listening to audio that when I turn the book back on and I'm in a new chapter, I'm like, wait, what, what, where am I? You know, so that sort of changed how I write. And did you have any kind of experience like that? 
<laughs> well, you know what? That's some great insight. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in because <laughs> you're right. You don't want a disembodied voice just hanging out in space. So, yeah, hopefully right. I kept that in mind. Let's say I did. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> let's say I will from now on. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, that was the one yes. thing I learned uh-huh. from listening to my audiobook. So I was like, ooh, I don't know where ooh, we are. Where are we? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure I kept that. We learn it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you did, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, well, and to your point, we do. We learn something new. That's what's great about this job is you learn something new with each story you write. You learn something new with each author you talk to. It's it's just, it's it's a great, it's a great industry to be in. It is, and and I love looking for the next idea, and it will be so fun now that we are starting to go back out to, you know, do you get your story ideas from being out in the world, or do they just come to you with that character that shows up? <laughs> yeah, I think apparently they just come to me because I haven't been anywhere, and <laughs> they're coming to me right now. <laughs> but to your point, we um, actually, my husband and I did a driving trip to Utah, um, you know, just when everything was starting oh, to open great. up a couple of weeks ago. And that was really inspirational just to be back in nature again and in these beautiful yes. national parks. And yeah, so I'm sure that will work its way into story. I don't know how yet, but it, it will appear, I'm sure. So they do, the characters come, but like setting and it, like action that happens it has to come from doing things <laughs> again. Right. Yeah, we'll have to go back out and remember how to do things. <laughs> I know, I know. And like somebody tried to shake my hand yesterday. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. I'm just walking Elbow. the dog. He's like, I'm your new neighbor, John. I'm like, hi, John. And I'm waving and backing up. He's like coming in with a handshake. I'm like, no. We don't do that yet. What? No, no, no. Yeah, it's definitely changed us. It really is. Yes. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, so we'll have to do this again. How do you like readers to get in touch with you um, if they're really excited about your book or want to find out about the next one? Do you have a newsletter or are you on Facebook? I do. Yes, I'm I'm everywhere, Lisa. So, yeah, Facebook, I'm Kara Rita Books. (laughs) And on my website, you can sign up for my newsletter, and I promise it's not very frequent, so I won't bother you. And, yeah, and I'll have more information about my next book that's coming out in January, Somebody's Home. Maybe we can talk about that one. That would be fun. Yes, yes, we'll talk about that one next. <laughs> Thanks so much okay. for being here. It was great meeting you, and we'll, and good luck on the next books. Thank you. Thank you so much, and you too. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Okay, see you later. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.